This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner. I'm Solar Power World Editor-in-Chief Kelly Pickerel, and today I'm talking with Brad Stutzman, who is co-founder and CEO of O3 Energy, a solar developer and installer headquartered in Dallas, Texas. So thanks for talking with me today, Brad. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kelly. All right, so tell me about O3 Energy. How did you get started? Yeah, so so O3 Energy, um, we got our start, um, it was about in 2011, um, kind of identified a need in the market. There was a lot of, um, you know, electricians out in the market, a lot of uh, individuals who had good relationships with uh, building owners who, you know, wanted to go solar, wanted to convert um, to solar energy for their properties, um, but, uh, you know, didn't really have the knowledge or the ability to um, carry a, a project through development and into uh, the construction phase, also handling the, the financing of it. Um, you know, as, as you're aware, the um, development side and financing side of uh, solar projects can be a little bit complicated with the tax credits and um, all the other pieces um, from the financing, whether it's a for-profit, non-profit entity, uh, things of that nature. And so what we did was we started partnering with individuals and with groups that had these clients and knew that the client wanted to convert to solar. And we started showing them how to put together the financing, how to carry projects through development, and then how to construction manage those and, and help with their procurement. So we really got our start as acting as a uh, kind of with our channel partner program uh, to wherever we were assisting um, other groups in getting their projects through to fruition. And that was really how we got our start. Um, since then, we've taken on the role of uh, developing some of our own projects. Um, we've also started providing asset management services for our investors and for some of our clients. And then we also started uh, handling the construction and uh, EPC uh, uh, side to uh, help build out our own projects. Uh, with that, also doing the o- O&M for our own projects that may not have come to us through a channel partner, but we had direct relationships ourselves. Um, and then recently, we've uh, expanded uh, the company to handle residential solar as well. Um, we've rolled out O3 Home Solar here in the Dallas area uh, to help uh, consumers who are wanting to you know, convert to solar uh, do so without uh, with the least amount of headaches possible. Um, so, you know, we've, we've really transitioned over the years to become a full-service uh, solar provider. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you mentioned you are in residential now, but are, are you primarily in the commercial market? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, we're primarily in the commercial market. We just added that division here recently. Um, and like I said, it's just here in the DFW area. But the majority of our business... Um, is focused on commercial, and that's how we got our start. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what areas of the country are you working in? Um, so the different areas that we're working in currently, we're working across the continental U.S. and then working in the Pacific Islands. Um, that's really our, our, our target area. Um, it seems like regionally, for the most part, uh, the southwest 
uh, U.S. has been a main focus. I think uh, because of the solar radiance there, um, it really helps uh, make projects pencil well. Um, and, and that's where you see a, a lot of the uh, large uptakes in adaptation to solar. Um, we've also recently expanded into Mexico as well. Um, I think you've been seeing a lot of other groups do the same thing. Um, a lot of our clients here in the U.S. also have operations in Mexico, and uh, we've started uh, working with those same clients that we work with here in the U.S., also on their Mexico facilities as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you are out in the Pacific. You're um, a big presence in Guam. What was attractive about that market, especially with it being so far away? So, really, whenever you look at islands in general, um, you know, you see Hawaii, you see Guam, Puerto Rico has been a huge uptake as well here lately uh, from other groups. We haven't focused on Puerto Rico. But, um, you know, for islands, solar just makes a lot of sense for islands. Um, Solar does does not have a feedstock where their traditional uh, power production on the island has been, you know, diesel or something that requires some sort of uh, some sort of feedstock to drive that um, because it is an island most of the resources on the island um, are not uh, you know have to be have to be brought in or logistically shipped there and so you know that creates a, a nightmare it also creates a huge carbon footprint uh, for those islands so by providing solar to clients on islands um, we help to drive down the overall cost uh, of those buildings, operating their buildings there, and uh, help with their carbon footprint. Um, you know, some of the, in Guam, for instance, uh, they had one of their power plants that um, caught on fire and was actually deemed a total loss. So they have a huge need right now for electricity. Um, we were just over in the island uh, here a, a couple weeks back. And uh, we were having rolling blackouts. Um, you know, the, the, the power would just go out for, you know, 30 minutes in the middle of the day. Um, and that was because they don't have enough production on the island um, of electricity. And so it's, it, it's causing these rolling blackouts. So whenever you come in with little pockets of solar here and there, it strengthens that grid for them and uh, really attacks a need that they have on the island. And so that's why we've, we focused on Guam um, and uh, really desired to help the people of the island um, attack their electric grid. Mm-hmm. What all do you as a company have to consider when working in the Western Pacific? I know you have an office now in Guam, but what are the logistics of, of you know, getting solar put up there? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because um, the, there are some complexities to working on the island that uh, are unique to the island of Guam. Um, I would say one of the, you know, just from a, uh, just from an environmental standpoint, you know, they, they get uh, and receive typhoons. They also have earthquakes on the island. So you have to build the projects to be able to withstand both of those. So uh, we're having to build to 180 mile per hour wind load um, and they've always been traditionally 170. I think they just took it up to 180 miles per hour, um, where other areas of the U.S. 
haven't traditionally had those wind load requirements. I know uh, some of the um, uh, southeastern U.S., like Florida, um, you know, Puerto Rico, they're bumping up those wind load speeds because of, you know, some of the large hurricanes that they've received in the, you know, in the past few years. Um, but, you know, Guam has been doing that for a while now. And so, you know, we've had to design all of our facilities to be able to withstand such wind loads. And, um, you know, it, it creates a little bit more complexity of the project, obviously from a design standpoint, but then also from a material standpoint. Um, you know, the if we're doing parking canopies, the parking canopies have to be built um, a little bit stronger. You know, the, the supports have to be a little wider, um, uh, things like that. As far as, uh, you know, other complexities to the island that are different, uh, you know, from other regions of the area uh, or other areas of the U.S., you know, we have, um, uh, you know, we are a lot closer to, to, to manufacturing um, in, I guess it wouldn't be a complexity, be kind of a, uh, uh, a benefit, um, a lot closer to some of the manufacturing that is in Asia uh, for some of our materials coming in. So that's, that's an added benefit to developing projects in Guam as well. Hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't think about that. I, I know that Guam is obviously a U.S. territory, but it is a lot closer to Asia than it is to the United States. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, uh, most of the, seems like most of the modules that, uh, you know, that we use here in the, the States come from, from Asia as it is. So, um, you know, it's a little bit uh, closer for logistics as far as shipping and things just to order straight from Asia. Um, versus having it shipped out of California. Hmm. Well, switching back just to general commercial, um, the commercial market, what trends are you seeing in commercial project financing? Are PPAs still king? So, you know, we're seeing uh, uh, some changes. Um, you know, PPAs present uh, an elegant solution to project financing. Um, you know, they make it a little bit simpler for the end users. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, our clients are not um, experts in solar. So a PPA kind of always helps them kind of simplify the financing process. Um, it helps uh, to, you know, solar investment basically helps with the provide a value through the tax and through the loans to our clients through the PPA um, and helping them with uh, choosing green energy and renewable energy. Um, but we have been seeing uh, an uptake in some non-PPAs. You know, there, there are clients who are starting to become a little bit more sophisticated on their own. And, um, you know, they want to absorb the tax credits themselves or they want to, um, you know, incorporate any sort of tax benefits into, um, you know, into their overall uh, accounting plan. And so, you know, we are seeing some, some, some clients that are getting a little bit more complex and they're uh, handling the financing themselves in-house um, and aren't requiring PPAs. So I wouldn't say that the PPA is, is still king. Um, you know, we are seeing a, kind of a mix now of uh, PPAs and um, just outright cash purchases. Hmm. Interesting. You, you mentioned earlier that O3 has been getting involved with O&M and, and asset management. So is this just for projects that you have developed, or, or how are you getting those kind of contracts? Well, 
traditionally, we started off, um, you know, attacking the asset management and uh, O&M for our own projects uh, ourselves. We started, um, you know, being a project owner, we started looking at how we were going to provide those for our projects. Um, Looked in the market at the time, and there weren't really a whole lot of good solutions uh, for assisting us with our portfolio. So we decided to create that in-house ourselves. Um, over time, we had those resources in-house and started finding opportunities or seeing groups that needed our assistance with the asset management or with the, the O&M of their portfolios. So we started offering that as a, as a party or as a, uh, um, as a service to third parties. So we, we've kind of mixed it up here and there. Um, I would say about half of our portfolio of O&M services are to our own projects, and then the rest of them are to, or this other half is to third parties. Um, We also run across uh, several instances where our clients, um, you know, we're coming in and and providing a a PPA or um, offering our EPC services to a client, and they may say, you know, hey, we we have this project that we did a few years ago. Um, The group that we did it with, they either went out of business or we don't hear from them anymore. Um, It needs a lot of work. You know, if you're coming in and you're helping us with this new project, can you take a look at our our existing project and help us with the the O&M for that? So we've seen that a lot in the market as well. Um, And and, um, that's another way that we receive a lot of... uh, uh, O&M clients. Mm-hmm. Now, Solar Power World, we are in love with projects that use sheep. So I was wondering, what okay. is your stance on using sheep or animals for O&M? Have you guys looked into it? We we have not looked. Uh, we have not looked at it. I think personally, I think it's a great idea. It makes a lot of sense. Um, the majority of the projects that that we have um, in our O&M portfolio are our parking canopies mm-hmm. and roof mount systems. So it would be a little difficult, uh, <laughs> you know, if there were sheep running around on the roof of a building That's or <laughs> in somebody's parking lot. So <laughs> I think we have a, we, you know, we have a handful that are, uh, that are ground mount. And, um, you know, from the standpoint of using sheep to, to, to keep the, the weeds or the, you know, any sort of vegetation down, I think it's a great idea. I mean, mm-hmm. Um, a few of the ones that we do have ground mount, we've either resorted to, um, you know, using some sort of, of weed killing spray um, or uh, gone with, with pea gravel to mm. keep the, um, you know, keep the vegetation down. But, uh, yeah, definitely sheep, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, are a great solution. Yeah. <laughs> we just really like the photos. They're always so cute. <laughs> <laughs> So why is it important to O3 to be involved with all aspects of a project from development to construction to the maintenance? Um, you know, it, it's important to us to be, to be involved with all of that because, you know, it helps us vertically integrate as a business, um, you know, and it also helps us, helps us learn what, uh, what each piece of the industry needs. Um, you know, uh, you see a lot of development groups out there that focus on 100% development, and um, they may be looking at the, the best way to, to build the project and develop it for the highest ROI through development, 
but they're not really thinking about the long-term operations of the project and may, you know, cut a few corners here and there um, in those regards. Um, and then uh, same thing on the, the EPC side. You know, we see some, some groups out there, um, you know, on the EPC side that they just don't really understand what a developer is looking for in a project, what their, um, what their goals are. Um, and, and it helps us carry those over um, and makes us stronger in those areas. You know, if our EPC division understands what our clients, their developers, um, want and need, it helps us provide a better solution for them um, versus not having the experience in development and not, not really understanding that side of things. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the reasons why we like to be vertically integrated um, and, uh, you know, help our clients achieve, um, you know, the ultimate goal is getting the project done and it helps us get the project done um, in the most efficient way possible. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So O3 Energy has a channel partner program. So what are you looking for with that? Yeah, so the, the channel partner program, um, you know, if if you're looking at, uh, you know, the, the current economy and you've seen some trends um, as far as things go, um, you know, we're, we have a big mega trend um, that is a kind of a shared economy. Um, you see Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, um, you know, they have their core business, but they're reliant on, um, you know, the individuals who use them, similar to, to us as kind of channel partners. And it helps us to um, help bring that, uh, that independent um, entrepreneurial spirit um, from uh, the, little, the, the smaller groups out there that maybe don't have the expertise, help them get their projects through to fruition, and help strengthen the uh, industry as a whole. You know, the goal from everyone is to, uh, you know, get as much solar deployed as possible. And I think this, you know, our channel partner program really allows us to assist in doing that. Mm-hmm. What would a situation be? Would it be like a small local solar installer working on a commercial project might, you know, look to you guys for help getting it going? Yeah, I mean, we've seen several instances uh, or so different um, different ways that it happens. We see, you know, a, a, maybe an electrician, you know, if, uh, if I'm a building owner and um, I'm thinking about converting to solar, what is the first thing that I'm going to do? I'm going to call my electrician. Well, the electrician, you know, who's been uh, keeping up with the maintenance of a building, um, you know, their electrical system, you know, for the life of that building doesn't necessarily understand the ins and outs of solar. Um, they understand electrical, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, as we discussed before, there are some complexities with financing, um, especially whenever it is, you know, dependent on the type of business um, that is operating out of that building. So, so we, we see some, some, you know, electricians that bring us um, some opportunities to assist with. And then we also see, um, you know, uh, groups that maybe a residential solar installer um, that doesn't have the experience on the commercial side um, and maybe does one or two commercial projects a year. We're there to assist them with those as well um, and bring our expertise to that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, just trying to further solar as much as possible. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about energy storage. Is it picking up steam okay. in the commercial solar market? It is definitely picking up steam. 
Um, you know, obviously, certain areas of the country, it's a little bit more active uh, in the energy storage than others. Um, the, the main reason, I would say, is because certain areas, uh, it makes a little bit more sense from a number standpoint. And um, other areas also require it. Uh, you see um, on the Hawaiian Islands, they require energy storage in order to, to interconnect now. Um, you have to have some sort of energy storage because they don't want electricity feeding back onto the grid during the day. Um, you're allowed to, to push it back at night, but you can't do that without you know energy storage. Obviously, solar only produces during the day, so you're not going to be producing at night. Um, what you know, I think we'll see uh, a larger adaptation and transition to energy storage as the as the technology. Um, be, continues to become more advanced and um, it's developed a little bit more just like on the solar industry. You know, you see more and more people um, adopting it and uh, that's because the technology is advanced, the industry is advanced. Um, you'll see the same thing on the energy storage side. You see more and more people adopting it. Um, you'll see it become more of a requirement um, and a, a need versus a want. So it's, it's, it's coming along. It's... Uh, I would say it's not fully there yet, but uh, it, it's, it's moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. So being involved in so many different markets, especially just regionally and, and just, you know, commercial, residential, um, what do you think makes O3 stand out from the crowd? Um, I would say one of the benefits to being involved in different regions of the, the U.S. and, um, you know, internationally, like in Mexico, is we're able to see what works best in those areas and, and carry that over um, and implement best practices for, for across the board. Um, you know what uh, you know what what groups are doing in in Arizona may be a little bit different than what they're doing in New Jersey. Um, and you can take a look at uh, what are the best practices uh, across the board, and maybe we should implement some of the practices that they're doing in Arizona in New Jersey. And, and you see that across the, across all the regions that we're working in. So, you know, I think that's one of the strengths. It also helps us to um, attract really good talent to our company because we are, um, you know, we're not just focused in, in one area um, or another. We are focused across the U.S., uh, Mexico, and the Pacific Islands. Um, so it, it creates uh, some diversity um, to our business. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be designing all your systems to meet 180 mile per hour wind loads? Um, <laughs> Is that something you're going to well, adopt whenever, whenever, whenever it's Yeah, whenever it's required. Um, <laughs> you know, some areas it may not make sense for us to, to design for 180 per hour, per mile, per mile, <laughs> mile per hour wind load if it's not required in those areas. And, and if they don't get the wind, um, it may not make sense to do that. Yeah. <laughs> So what does O3 Energy hope to accomplish in the next few years? Um, we really want to continue to uh, expand the company. Um, you know, we want to, on the, we want to expand our uh, residential division outside of Texas, um, expand um, our, uh, expand the Mexico market as well, um, and really become a, a global uh, solar player um, and helping to provide kind of the standard for the industry. Um, 
there are a lot of uh, synergies and uh, that we can bring throughout the industry. And uh, you know, we want to be like uh, we want to be that that group that everybody strives to be, um, and really put a good ethical name on our company and um, help the um, adoption of solar across the uh, across the, the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good luck. I you guys are already in so many markets. I definitely expect to see you in <laughs> in many more. So. Um, thanks, Brad, for talking with me today about the company. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kelly. Thanks for your time. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, our great editorial content solarpowerworldonline.com see you back here next month